Coming to you from that galaxy far, far away, this is the Star Warriors podcast. And tonight, this is Chris. And this is Rocco. And Rocco and I are back for another month of Marvel Comics. But I wanted to start this show out just real quick. Um, Just a disclaimer. I know we've been doing High Republic on this show, Rocco. And I think we've come to a decision uh, based on kind of where we're where we're, we've left off last time with the comic being the end of the arc with the drain gear and now it's really going to spoil the territory for me since i haven't even picked up the rising storm yet and there's another comic coming out next month so do we want to talk about a comics show maybe but we don't have the time <laughs> no no i i think um i think it's just best for us right now to stick with the the continuity um, in terms of where we're at with war of the bounty hunters and where it's moving into crimson rain, that just kind of makes sense for those of you, you know, leave a comment on how you feel about that. You know, if you want us to maybe do a a future episode where we just talk about high Republic after Chris reads the book and we read a bunch of the comics, um, let us know. And, and we will, (laughs) you were surrounded in bright white light for a moment and it really freaked me out. But anyway, there's <laughs> an A-bomb or something going off. It's like, ah. I was like, great. Well, Chris is being vaporized. Um, <laughs> no disintegrations. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I like I'm, I'm on board, uh, which I mean, doesn't really matter because we talked about this before the show. It's our show and we're just going to do whatever we want anyway. Yeah, you're right. But that was a good idea if we do ever decide to talk about High Republic because we could throw in High Republic Adventures as well from IDW. And do a whole High Republic comic show. So maybe, guys, maybe. Leave but, it in the comments. Let us yes, know. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You vote. You decide. <laughs> Let's get into uh, some news from the Hollownet. Uh, there was a slew of new books announced this week, including something that I was really interested in because of what they're setting up in the comics. Uh, and this is what we've heard about how Luke and Lando went on this adventure. We learned about this in the, in the sequels mm-hmm. uh, during the new Republic time. And this seems to be kind of the first chapter in that. And so this book um, shadow of the Sith, I believe it's called, and it's due out in June of uh, 2022 uh, Luke and Lando return in this essential novel set between return of the Jedi and the force awakens. I mean, that's that's intriguing to me. Um, I know that uh, it was alluded to and then later confirmed that they were looking for like Sith artifacts, the the two of them are and Sith holocrons and Sith wayfinders. Uh, and so I kind of like that that was set up, like you said, in the sequels. So the book intrigues me. The idea of the book intrigues me. Yeah. And I also like that a lot of time when there is a book, we may get a comic series as well. Hopefully. And I believe they're going to really yeah, develop that time period, especially with what they're doing with the Mandalorian and Ahsoka and these shows on Disney plus. So looking forward to it. Uh, another book was called brotherhood. It's an Obi-Wan and Anakin story uh, takes place right after the clone wars uh, uh, attack the clones. Mm-hmm. So right at the beginning of the clone wars and kind of that time period uh, before the, t- the show starts. Yeah, that would be, that's another cool, I mean, those of you that know me and, and know me from Star Wars, um, you know, from knowing, from from loving Star Wars is what I should say. Uh, the Clone Wars is my favorite era. Uh, I love the, the, just this, like, how do I even put it, like this pride behind the Republic, but at the same time, there's all these problems underneath 
and exploring all of that and who really are the good guys and who really are the bad guys. A lot of the political philosophy behind those. But and I also love Ahsoka uh, like a little sister. I adore her like a little sister. Um, So, yeah, uh, that that also sounds really cool, I guess, is the long way of me getting to that. (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed that explanation. So thank you. Uh, Yeah. There's also an anthology called Stories of Jedi and Sith. And then last up, uh, it's called Padawan. And that's going to be about Obi-Wan. Another uh, kind of thing that's not not really been explored too much, uh, but I'd read a book about it. Did you ever play um, Star Wars Obi-Wan for the first Xbox? I didn't. I didn't. I always uh, wanted to, but I never I never had the opportunity to. It's uh it, it explores that time period, but a very uh hexag- hexag- um what what can I say the the really sharp shapes uh scary kind of looking game. <laughs> that wasn't with the the motion thing uh motion bar there was a there was a lightsaber game for that i believe okay but i I forgot what that was called no this was like the first xbox like when playstation like back in the day xbox um is what this game was for it's one of the first games for that xbox and the graphics are awful but it it was fun it was a fun game around as obi-wan young obi-wan okay Awesome. I'll have to check that out. No, I don't I don't play Xbox. It sucks. Uh, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> uh something you're probably gonna be really interested in. The art of Star Wars Visions is coming out next year. Uh, all of all the anime you've ever wanted to see, manga drawings, uh, all of it. You know what? I'm just gonna buy it for you for Christmas and make you read it. Oh no. god. <laughs> I, I know it's no secret that again, for those of you that listen to out these shows you know that I don't really care for anime and I was in a really tough crossroads cause it was star Wars and it was anime. So I actually watched it. I didn't like it, but I actually like sat down and watched it. Cause like, I Howdy. can't, well, thank you. I can't like talk, really talk shit about something unless at least I've watched it That's unless fair. it's anime, which is what I've always said. <laughs> But this time I decided to sit and watch it. Now that we've lost half of our listeners because of what I just said. No, they're, they're used to you by now. And most of them left when you were talking about wrestling. So um, anyways, (laughs) this book uh, comes out in April of 2022 and will cost you $50. Uh, Last up the news, KOTOR is getting a port. Uh, It's getting, it's getting sent to the switch. Uh, It'll be out this November for those of you that have been frustrated by playing on the phone for too long and, you know, the remake is coming, who knows when, probably in like 2025, but uh, I don't know. Uh, you get pick it up in November and, and enjoy, you know, Revan, Malik, all of it once again. Um, I might do it. I'm, I'm actually, I'd, I'd love to play this game again. I, I did try to play it on mobile. I, I have it on my computer, but I just, I don't want to play it on the screen. <laughs> So yeah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping like, it'll be like 20 bucks and I'll just have a grand old time. Yeah. I'm going to wait for the remake just cause like, I don't have a switch. I got the PS five, you know, I just hope, I mean, it's what going to be probably 70 bucks, which will suck. Court? No, the, the oh, remake. I'm sorry. Yeah. The remake. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yep. But is what it is, dude. I bought Skyrim three times. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at $60 each. So yeah. I mean, yeah. I've anyway. owned it twice. You've there you go. Beaten me by one. 
that's that's fair yeah all right so uh let's let's get into what we're here for it's time to talk about war of the bounty hunters i really feel like things are getting crazy yes this, <laughs> these comics were a lot of fun this month and kicking it off was war of the bounty hunters bounty hunters number four uh, it was called attack at dawn written by charles soul illustrated by luke ross and david messina colors by naraj naraj manan with guru fx and letters by travis Langham. remember last last issue luke didn't want to face fader we're just mm-hmm. we didn't blame him we didn't blame him but at the same time his friends were like yeah, what are you doing yeah we're so. like hey hi we need help now like you're the only other one lightsaber <laughs> but then he just taunts him which was cool so they get load up solo into the imperial shuttle Vader mm-hmm. gets his tie and then we have a nice little dog fight on our hands with him chasing luke around uh the atmosphere of jakara yes yeah i don't know if that was in was that in war of the bounty hunters or was that star wars 17 their dog fight you're right. I'm just getting excited because there was so much crossover for that. There was one scene. so much crossover. That's what I like. That's what I'm really enjoying is like, I feel like we're right now, we're really into the meat of the story because of how much closer the comics are getting to each other in terms of time period. I think the last one, we, we nailed the crescendo, if you will. And you mm-hmm. could tell because almost every comic was the same scene, right? Last month. And now yes. they're still quite close together, but they're slowly like getting further apart, um, which tells me that we're getting to like the down, the downward. We're going to start seeing some resolutions soon. And this was wild because <clears throat> we both know what a constant is in all of this is that Boba Fett brings Jabba Han. Yes, we know this from the movies that is the constant but he is still not in boba fett's hands so there there's still story to tell you know what i mean like that's it's always in the oh, back yeah, of no. my head absolutely and we're not even close to that at this point either yes exactly uh, because it's just the idea is like with them taking han everybody's like once that gets to the executor it's gone like han Correct. solo is gone like if we don't stop this ship now, it's over. All of our, all of our hard work, everything. So Jabba, you know, Jabba just kind of pieces out. He's mm-hmm. like, "Well, I lost." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Boku, Boku is mad. Yeah, he doesn't want to get embarrassed. He's already been embarrassed by Vader. So it's just, it's, it's. You're right. It's like hitting this high point of all of this conflict at the same time. And what I liked about it was we have also the collision course of, of Dengar and Valance um, coming, you know, coming in contact with, uh, with, with Boba Fett. So yes, here we have all of these characters meeting up finally. And like you said, resolutions. Yeah, exactly. But like, it still feels like we're so far away from that. Um, you know, you've got uh, the thing I remember is that Valance and Boba Fett, ditch Dengar. Dengar is just dead weight and they just they they abandon him. And they're in they're going after the shuttle that Han's on and they see the Falcon coming after the same shuttle. And Boba Fett knocks everything out with a seismic charge at tw- dialed down to 20% as he says. Yeah. And 
so they're now they're just the Falcons just floating in space. The shuttle's just floating in space. And here he is on slave one, slave one, um, with with Valence trying to chase this thing down. And I, you know, I loved it. I loved this book. Yeah, you know, it was a lot of fun. And those and that seismic bomb that you can always hear that sound ever since Attack of the Clones. It was such a neat neatly filmed scene yes just cutting the sound they did it also in the last jedi when 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 uh holdo takes out the mm-hmm. the the star destroyers there but i love it when they when they do that kind of um effect yes and i hear it in this book when i read it and when you see it you're like oh here it comes um exactly then then we get we get even more uh, antagonists arrive with the hut fleet and yes. so that's kind of wrapping up that whole issue is just oh we've got him we've got the ship uh-oh the entire hut fleet it's huge like boku is not messing around <laughs> no no I, i've i never i've never seen a hut fleet before but right? like yeah <laughs> well, like i saw that and i was like okay so they're playing for keeps on this one but again, in the distance is uh, a small uh, fleet of star destroyers, including the the executor. So in my mind, like, is it going to be an f around and find out? <laughs> you know, uh, what are we what are we getting into? I mean, you know, uh, we're going to find out soon, I guess. You know, I would love to see an all out space battle, of course, Star Wars. And here we have, like you said, we've never seen the Hut fleet. I think that would be a pretty amazing, uh, some big panels, like maybe even like two, two page spread, you know, it would be a really great thing to see. And I think we're definitely going to probably get to that point. I hope so, man. I hope so. Mm -hmm. I, so there's not a whole lot of takeaway from this, except uh, the fact that every, it was, like you said, it crosses over, it crosses over hardcore. And that's where we pick up Star Wars 17, the chase. Because we leave Luke and Vader, he, they were flying around in space in that whole that whole region and, and fighting each other. But they head down to planet some. Mm-hmm. And Star Wars number seventeen, the chase, uh, written by Charles Soule, art by Ramon Rosanas, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg, and letters by Clayton Cowles. Now the <laughs> the panel in this where Luke thinks he lost Vader. And he's on, he's like, oh, he's on the radar. Like R2's like, he's on the radar. I don't see him. He comes out of the water and you can see the shadow under the water. And a comes, lot of like, Jaws feeling. That was, oh yeah, right? That was an epic panel. I was, I just thought they really did that well. And that was just something I've never seen or could even think of that it would go into that, like a ship could survive that kind of cold water. Oh yeah, it just it, it continuously, you know, lends to Vader's power and that wasn't Vader, that was Anakin. Is like the way I like to look at it with that like idea of being underwater in a ship. Like okay, yeah, that was Anakin and and there, you get those glimpses of his battle strategy and and it's always something ridiculous and showy and flashy because that's how Anakin always was. Um, my favorite panel is when Vader gets Luke knocks him out of the sky and Vader's just standing on the ice, just 
watching Luke fly away, like not even saying anything, just standing there, just like watching the X-Wing. And then he just starts lifting his ship with the force out of the ice. Is it was I love that panel. That was wild. The whole the whole scene is awesome. Yes. Leading up to that, where Luke figures out he can when he skims the water, it'll freeze instantly in the air and he uses it against Vader. It's very, it's so smart. And they do such a good job portraying that. I just, I could feel the action the entire time. I thought it was, it was a lot of fun to, to read that part of the comic. Yeah. I really feel like this book specifically was my favorite this month for September. This was, I think the best book. Nice. Well, they, they haven't shied away from, referencing movies like solo and they do it once again in this this issue and i've been waiting for this actually because when they put l3 into the ship in solo and you watch empire again and you you're just like oh now it's in your head that l3 is part of the ship so Mm -hmm. this whole scene with how lando says it has to be me they really get they have to get the ship fixed Mm -hmm. you know in order to get han and they, they they feel so helpless, but Lando says, this has to be me. And you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know exactly why it has to be him when he goes to the ship. Oh yeah. It was the the whole thing with like, you know, one, one, you know, you let loose that reactor build up and I'll be fried right here. And if it was anyone else, I mean, because of the whole L3 thing, like I always think of three PO's line. I don't know where your ship learned to speak, but it has the most peculiar dialect. That's it. And yep. that's that line now bears much more meaning because, you know, he's talking to L3 and she's nuts. <laughs> I loved her character. Same. <laughs> it was very smart. I just it was very funny and it just really gave that whole, you know, this the castle scene <laughs> just a different level. So, oh, yeah. I, and. Oh, no, I was just going to say in Solo, I love when she actually is the first time they reference Disney in Star Wars because she was the one without me. You couldn't even get yourself to Black Spire, which is ah. the the Black Spire is the park where Batu is. Yep. And I thought I thought that was just super creative. And she has that line. So I don't know. Little things like that. I love about Star Wars. <laughs> oh, yeah. It ties the galaxy together. You know what else I liked about this issue is Lando and Leia talking about the rebellion and really planting those seeds of how Lando gets involved and why he stays and why he becomes a general and how he helps blow up the second Death Star <laughs> and the rest is history. So I I like that a lot and and then they throw in there that line were his only hope and it's just it's very funny when when you read those those lines just continually you know always used in star wars absolutely and it all it brings me back again to when george lucas said that star wars is one long poem with repeating stanzas or you know similar rhyming with rhyming stanzas and it's just that's how it always is we see these lines repeated and there's a certain security in that just reading seeing hearing this for so long that now we see it again here and it's just uh, it's just a great it's just great. I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> it. You know, it's we always say if you're not reading the comics, you're not getting the whole picture. And I'll say it again. I mean, they're doing a great job. If you love what Disney's doing, 
putting these ideas to work, if I may. No, you're exactly right, though. You're exactly right. I, it's just the, it's really the, these little stories in between that really make this giant story so fantastic. And now let's let's jump over to Darth Vader number 16. It's called Target Skywalker. It's written by Greg Pack, art by Raphael Yanko, colors by Jason Keith and Rochelle Rosenberg, and letters by Joe Carmagna. Now, I love the art at the beginning of this issue. It was it was intense. Mm-hmm. It it just delivered like Vader's whole like mentality of how he's like viewing his fathership role with Luke. And then the fact that like Obi-Wan was there mm-hmm. and Obi-Wan represents a father in two ways, one to Anakin also as a brother in a way, but also to Luke mm-hmm. who he had to watch over for so many years and protect. And that was, those panels were really, they really, they really did it for me, man. <laughs> no, um, I agree. You know, it, was, it was great. It was, um, I didn't expect the book to start there. Yeah. And I think that, that, you know, we're deep in this war of the bounty hunters. We're deep in this, these clashes, these battles where multiple books are, are just, you know, mixing up into one another. And then we, we start with this introspective when invader and I, and I wasn't expecting it, but it was very welcome. Yeah. We did question at the beginning of, you know, before all this started, how Vader would really tie into this. And, you know, we said it was really to carry on this, this Luke story of how he's pursuing him, how he just revealed this huge, you know, re- revelation to, to his son and, and whatnot. So yeah, I, I was really impressed by this, this, this issue. And then it got into like pure action porn yes, uh, throughout the rest of it. But before we get into that, his line is, you yearn for a father, but you will not find him in me. So that's too bad, Luke, but we know what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, too bad for now. Going to make Christmas real awkward, but um, <laughs> for this family, <laughs> um, but yeah, this was, this was just, it was an incredible book. Those droids or whatever. Do you, what was that? What was going on there? So uh, admin Moore. Uh, was it's trying to kill Vader. That's right. Uh, he because that's what the Emperor wants. Uh, she keeps telling Ochi that why are you on the wrong side? You should be just obeying your original master. Why have you, you know, pledged loyalty to Darth Vader? And so, you know, the Emperor wants Luke. So, mm-hmm. of course, you can't, she can't kill him, mm-hmm. but she's trying to kill Vader. Ochi is now trying to kill Admin Moore. And so that's that's come down to kind of a you know a big face off that we've been waiting for in a way. And you know, he's a powerful assassin. She obviously has some dark side powers. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a pretty sweet fight. Yeah. I enjoyed that and I'm liking Ochi more and more. Um mm-hmm. you know uh he's diabolically likable like he's likable but like he, he's not a good guy um he's he's likable because we're he's kind of like he's a scum, he's a scumbag i don't know how else to put it like he's a scumbag it's well uh, they're they're placing him well and like murdering 
raise parents. Like they're really giving us like the dude was a scumbag. He a likable scumbag, but a scumbag, not a Han Solo scumbag that is redeemable. Ochi's irredeemable for everything he's already done for Vader. Um, but he's still likable. And I like what the comics have done with Ochi. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I mean, who cared about Ochi in the movies? They had they did nothing to even show the character, no kind of backstory. It was just Ochi did this, Ochi did that. Oh, it's Ochi's ship. Great. Now, like we just said during when we we're talking about the last issue, is if people aren't reading the comics, they don't know how cool Ochi is, but we do. Exactly. Like this is going to help. Like getting Ochi's story adds a layer to you know the final film, and I think that that's important. Ochi of Bastoon, like okay, now I get it. Like Ochi's ship, maybe there's a reference or two in there that, you know, will be better or better explained. Maybe the comics will end with Ochi being eaten by that large snake creature. I don't know. Uh, You know, let's get there. I'm excited to get there now. No, absolutely. Absolutely. What, one of my favorite things was how the droids helped fix Luke's ship. And he's like, what are you doing? And they're like, it's our it's our directive or whatever and then he's flying with them riding on his ship and they're shooting at at vader yeah <laughs> it was so epic i thought it was like these these droids are surfing on an x-wing yes that was it was nuts and they looked like little k2s from uh yes from what's it called uh rogue, rogue one. one i i thought the same thing i was like i wonder if they're some kind of like sub sub um, class of that droid or something but yeah definitely the faces were the same yeah i caught that and i was like oh it's little little k2s they're coming to save the day oh my god they're actually helping fix luke and it was great because they were imperial they were imperial droids they just want they're trying to kill vader it's incredible like vader is lives out of spite literal spite that is it just in spite of life he's alive and and the emperor still allows it, but is always trying to kill him at every mm-hmm. opportunity because he knows that Vader will try to overthrow him. Yet, you know, he did his master. Um, is such is the Sith way. So yeah. it's interesting to see all these different, I guess, plans that the emperor has since we've started reading these comics and they've been writing this in new con- in new canon. It's just, I, it's 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 insane to me and the emperor is such a douche <laughs> well yeah and but that is also something that i'm glad that they kept um i remember reading i can't remember what specifically but i remember reading legends and a lot of legends was the emperor trying to kill vader that was always a thing because they're sith that's what they do right but the fact that now we're getting this new canon but they're keeping that part like oh no 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 he's still trying to kill him all the time i'm glad about it yeah, and especially they're using characters that that have come from the prequels now that have been built in, you know, prior to, you know, what we knew uh, and what they've really developed over the last, you know, since since the pre- prequels and now with what Disney is doing. I think it's it's a lot of fun because we're having we're enjoying it because we're seeing, like we said about Oshi, stories about characters, new stories about characters that we either didn't know a lot about and maybe interested in knowing or, you know, a new character that is being introduced in the new canon. So 
uh, a lot of a lot of stuff. And again, this is why I enjoyed the EU so much and getting into at that kind of level was because the introduction of these these characters everywhere and these characters that would grow on you and then would eventually hopefully you would you know would have a bigger impact. But now with Disney. They can have a bigger impact because we have stuff across the multimedia verse. So a lot of a lot of uh, things that we could see maybe in the New Republic time, hopefully. Absolutely. And and I can't I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for all of it. And so at the end of this issue, Oshi warns Vader that Boku is coming. And so they're setting up that space battle that I'm begging for <laughs> next month. That would be just a wild, like you said, like a two-page spread. That would be that'd be great. I'd take a picture of it. I'd have to take a picture of that. Yeah, make it like my phone background and stuff. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, let's go to commercial, and we'll be back to talk about the rest of the comics from last month. Hey there, Star Warriors. Make sure that when you're not listening to us, you're checking out Ridley's Gaming Realm on Facebook. That's Ridley's Gaming Realm. And what's awesome about them is that in their entire time for buying, selling, and trading games, there have been no scams ever reported on their page. So if you're looking for that game that's hard to find, if you're looking to sell off your collection, make sure you're checking out Ridley's Gaming Realm. That's a Facebook group right there on Facebook. You all know how to use it. Ridley's Gaming Realm. Hey, come take a seat at the campfire. You're not the only one who joins. I've got friends that come over sometimes, too. We talk about a ton of interesting things from geek culture. Then we cover some conspiracies or philosophical thoughts or monsters. You know, we talked about Bigfoot in one episode. It's a lot of fun, so come join me at the campfire chats. A DFAT entertainment podcast hosted on Spotify and other fine places you find podcasts. DFAT Comics is the publishing branch of Don'tForgetATowel.com, the only place to travel geekly. Focusing on creator-owned and independent titles like Hollowed, Pursuit of Plastic, and Fairy, and many more. DFAT Comics will be a mix of genres appealing to every kind of reader. Join the new source of comic book entertainment with DFAT Comics. Welcome back to the Star Warriors podcast, and we are here talking about uh, the month of September's comics. Uh, Again, this is Rocco. And this is Chris. And we are, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, we are diving into Dr. Aphra number 14. That's right. It's called Repeat Offenders. Uh, It's written by Alyssa Wong. Art by Fre- uh, Federico Sabatini, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg, and inks by Joe Caramagna. Right, right on. And Repeat Offenders is to me is the co- the the comics in this in this series of Doctor Afra. Like they've just offensive. they've repeated the offensiveness. I, I I'm sorry. I don't want to crap all over Afra, and we say this a lot, but. I know you had issues. I had issues. Everybody had issues with this one. I'm going to, I'll just start off by saying that this comic felt like a big filler issue. Like yes. I don't want filler during my war, of the bounty hunters. I want to know what I care about what's going on with Afra 
Sana. That's it. I don't care about Lucky, Arioli, their old boss, who is now a Crimson Dawn guy. This whole, it's just, they went, they went from actually trying to do something cool with that necklace and getting into like more of it. And I'm, I'm sure we're getting back to that. But you just wasted an entire issue with like a manga love letter. Yeah, the this was the artwork was inferior. Now, this is coming from a guy who can barely draw stick figures. I am simply <laughs> comparing it to other artists of which I, I look at a lot. Not your own? No, not my I'm not comparing it to myself. I am an I've awful seen artist. some of your stick. I've seen some of your stick figures. They're epic. Dirty, better than this dirty stuff huh. um no <laughs> no i just just like you said i mean i don't even know i don't even know what manga is and you kind of explained that to me off the air with like that little thing where she sees the weapons cache and little hearts and her eyes and something you'd Very see out anime. of an anime yeah exactly and and i just thought it was inferior artwork and then you said it was anime and it just made sense to me <laughs> well let me let me disclosure Anime Please. is any animation that's made in Japan. So we have to remember that. In anime style, in manga style, I don't want my comics to be manga because when I buy a manga, I want to read it backwards and it better be in black and white. But this is entering my Star Wars and you're giving me great stuff like these these single issues like this, like Bausch. Or the IG88, these beautifully drawn issues and gorgeous, these, yeah, and these panels that we were just talking even on this show. You just you 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 took me out of it this entire issue. And honestly, I was I was thinking until I read Bausch, you know, about Alyssa Wong. I'm just like, is she writing a good story? Can she write a good story? And then I read that, and well, changed my mind completely. So I don't know yeah. what's going on here. Are they just getting experimental? They might be with Afra gives them that ability to be a little experimental because Afra has no other place except for com- the comics. She is a character that she hasn't been in a single movie cartoon show. She's been nowhere. So if there is a character that they can experiment with, it's Afra. That makes sense, but that's no excuse for like making shitty. Co- I'm sorry. Afro number 14 is probably the worst comic in all of War of the Bounty Hunters. Oh, I and agree. and it makes me mad because like I was really enjoying Afra at the party. Like the the episode the episodes, wow. The uh the books of them getting to the party at the party was great. And I love her and Santa's relationship. Yeah, me too. I love it. I think it's fantastic. But what the heck what happened here? I it's just they're bringing in too many too many characters now they bring in they wanted to have this collision course with Lucky and Arioli and it's just I I I don't care about those two maybe I'm off my you know maybe I'm off maybe I'm wrong but maybe people out there like them that's fine but for me it's a big waste of time it's a big big waste of time and now finally at the end you know we go we find out Kira has the necklace and it's just like a big MacGuffin and you know, and then Destic shows up like like she always does at the end of a comic. It yeah. <laughs> if it, if a War of Bounty Hunters comic doesn't end with Destic, it's not a War of Bounty Hunter comic. Apparently, yeah. or at least just the bad ones, just all of a sudden, you know, like 
I don't know, uh, Arioli is taking a dump and like the stall gets kicked open. It's like this death stick. (laughs) If he continued it in the next issue, you're just like, why are you even here? There was no context for you to be here right now, but she's there like, or he, I don't really know. They're going to kill you. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't, Uh, I don't know. It's just, I guess because they're on the vermilion. Maybe Death Stick's there because she's Crimson Dawn's. I it just seems like they do a bunch of garbage and then they bring in Death Stick because they think it's cool. And I'm like, oh wait, is that spoiler? Oh no, wait, I'm reading Star Wars. <laughs> right? Is that a foot soldier? Yeah. Because she kind of looks like what or uh, for, uh what is it, foot ninja or whatever from Ninja Turtles. You're That's you're right, she... you're right the foot first time. Yeah, okay, there you go. So like it just seems like the, the Ninja Turtles thing. I don't know. I don't know. Me neither. I don't even want to talk about this episode. I'm doing it again. See? I did it for 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 episodes. I said that word about comics. <laughs> now you're saying I'm saying it's 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 contagious. I think it's Doctor Afra's fault. Okay, it is. So we're gonna move on to an excellent comic. Probably besides the one shot, this was my favorite, and I'll tell you why. Um, Bounty Hunters number sixteen is called Shadow Soldiers. Uh, it's written by Ethan Sachs, art by Paolo Villanelli. Colors by Reef Prianto and ink letters by Joe Sabino. And what I like about this is there's one panel in this that makes you feel like you're watching a Star Wars movie. And as usual, they use a monster to do it. So like when they're when they're showing like the off scene of Jabba's palace, you see that like weird desert frog thing eats something. Mm-hmm. Or say on Endor, you see like a creature or something flying, or always creatures in Star Wars, and always that feeling they give you, kind of of transition scene or something like that to kind of show off the the you know whatever exists on that planet. So I loved it because they did like something with a water monster, and it was eating um, I don't know, like gazelle or whatever the ice gazelle. I just I love that I it was very Star Wars to me mm-hmm. and this this issue um, well it is some good action we definitely get to see some more reflection from Valence and we get to see kind of um, what I've liked a lot about Dengar and Valence's relationship as well kind of a lot more of a buddy cop stuff um, so then they get into the action but um, let's let's start at the beginning because we learned something important about Valence. And he's having kind of self-reflection. And we find out that his heart is deteriorating, uh, which is a new, a kind of a new revelation that we, yeah, uh, will affect the comic, I'm sure, eventually and his character and, and, and whatever. But I thought that was kind of neat. Um, and then we got Dengar watching his family video. And so we're, we're kind of seeing a little personal look into these guys' lives. Uh, they're, you know, they're not, they're not partners. They're not, friends you know and we learned that of course in 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 number four of war of the bounty hunters where balance ditches dangar as he's floating away on that iceberg and goes with bubba fett exactly exactly i did also like um the the that small group from the far beginning of bounty hunters with uh zuckus I thought that was kind of neat. Like we're all right. We're, you know, we're bringing Zuckus back into this, this, you know, this big, what 
looks to be, you know, some crazy battle we're going to be getting soon over, you know, near the Vermilion, if you will. But I will say this, this is one of the most beautifully drawn, I would say, of this month. I'm looking at uh, Bosk right now as he's tied to that iceberg and Bosk is drawn like ferociously. I just, I love it. And then there is the single shot of Boba Fett kind of looking up at him. And again, the detail in that drawing, it's, I mean, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. This is gorgeous art. I agree. And that, and the way it carried, the way it, it went into that transition scene, I thought the whole thing was just, like you said, it was one of the best drawn uh, issues of this, of this month. And it felt so Star Wars to me. Um, yes. So you, you mentioned this group. And so we got, you know, we got Tonga and Lasha, mm-hmm. right? Lasha. Um, Lasha, yep. And then we got Tasu Leach, which is awesome, you know? Yeah. So a little sequel, sequel character here. Yeah. And then, um, you know, with them, you know, going with Zuckus, like you said, we're about to have like kind of a big confrontation here. Like, when does this war of the bounty hunters happen? We've seen these these little battles here and there, but they seem to be all converging right now. And I remember that wraparound cover where they're all like fighting on fighting on the surface of Jakara. Uh, we probably won't get that exactly, but I would love to see something where they're all in the same place, just kicking the crap out of each other. I think we're going to get it. I think it's going to be like you said, I think it's going to be a space battle. Um, that's what it's gearing. That's what it's gearing up to look like. Anyway, they're all getting off planet. So, exactly. Uh, so we also. So you said the group finds Bosk, and they think he's dead. And yes. So Bosk attacks, but they they show that you know at the end that they're definitely going to have a, an alliance. That Bosk is not going to kill them. They all pretty much have the same target um, in Boba Fett. Exactly. It's made some enemies. (laughs) A few, a few very dangerous ones. But I mean, that's Boba Fett's thing, though. I mean, he he has really been a force of nature through this comic series. Yeah, you know, we didn't mention it, but the funny thing was like when C-3PO, I think, sees Chewbacca. And mentions like, oh, that looks like you could be in a lot of pain from that burns he gave you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no remorse, <laughs> none, none at all, none at all. We 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 do run into Destic again. Uh, yes, but this time, I actually like this encounter because this this kind of leads us on a new path for Dengar, who has been pretty much just pushed around this whole time and left for dead on the iceberg and he's like you know what maybe i will work for crimson dawn and (laughs) so i love that i love that panel where it's like dengar's you know top of his face and everything's red around him so now we have did dengar join crimson dawn can we say that he's an agent of crimson dawn i think so I mean, yeah, at that point, I, I don't think he had much of a choice with like you had said earlier the large monster you know, comes out of the sea and I love the, oh, Pudu, when he's like looking, what? I thought he was going to die actually there. So did I. There's no Dangar. There is Dangar in the future of Star Wars, but he's like mechanical, I I guess. It's weird. Have you remember that? In uh, episode nine. 
Right. And it's supposed to be Dangar. So at that point, I'm just like, are they going to kill Dangar off in this comic? <laughs> no, I really, honestly, I'm with you. I really believe that, like, that was going to be it. That, like, Dangar is going to die here. And I would, I was okay with it. Yeah. I thought that would be kind of a cool death. So, but it didn't happen. He joins the Crimson Dawn. And I think that, and I hope that he'll have a big role to play in Crimson Reign if he makes it out of this. That would be cool. It would be cool to flesh out um, uh, Dengar even more than we got. I think that this, it was a cool, for me, War of the Bounty Hunters was a cool surprise as to how much Dengar we got and how much I got to know him. Um, it hasn't changed my life or anything, but it was really cool. It's pretty cool for the guy who had the AIM name Dengar back in the day. So <laughs> it's, I, I love it. Loving it. Hell yeah. All of it, all the Dengar all the time. So let's wrap up the show with the one shot, uh, from this month. And this is one that we both have been really kind of looking forward to. And it was called, uh, it's called Bosch Found. It's written yeah. by Alyssa Wong, art by David Baldion, colors by Ezreal Silva, and letters by Ariana Mahar. This, this opens in a really neat way. Reminds me of like Fast and Furious in space, basically. Uh, it, it's in Ord Mantel City. Uh, mm-hmm. So we're familiar with that location. Uh, silver, a silver I call it a silver core speeder back alley deal. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was uh, definitely a very neat. I mean, I'm just looking at the pictures now and it's just like super cool. Like I don't even anyway. I love that kind of stuff. I love, I love vehicles in star Wars. I've always been a fan. I like when they do new stuff. It, it looks um, like the Batmobile almost a little bit, right? It? Yeah, yeah, very cool. Yeah. So these these I guess these ruffians stole this Black Sun boss's, you know, silver core speeder, and so <clears throat> this boss hires the uh, Ubisi. Is that how you say it? Ubisi? Ubis, Ubisi. I was right? going to say Ubis, but I guess I don't really know either. <laughs> we don't know because there hasn't been a lot of, uh, you know, Beyond Legends probably and Return of the Jedi of anything of, of this culture. And I loved mm-hmm. learning about that in this issue mm-hmm. about family. And and it was, like I said, I know you're not a Fast and Furious fan, but I got definitely got Fast and Furious vibes off this comic because, and I think that's what they're kind of going for is at the same time was kind of like, um, the idea of that and the Ubisi group or squad, as I wanted to call them, I thought that was cool. These guys were, um, they were exiled. They were banished from Uba four, which was mm-hmm. the planet of where the, Ubi- the Ubisi do not leave their planet. And we learned this, they're very isolationist. Yep. And if you get banished, you can never go back. And so these or show your face, you have to wear that. You have to wear that mask. That's the other thing. I thought that, that was really cool. What was it? It was uh, armor is a mark of shame. Yes. Yes. I, I, um, I thought it was super, super cool as an idea. Um, I thought, I first of all, again, I'm going to say it. This comic was gorgeous. This comic was beautifully drawn. Yes. Um, but to, 
just serious, just such good artwork. Um, but I really, really liked the, uh, what was I going to say? Like the, my thought, what I was thinking while reading this is they were not banished together. They were banished separately at separate times. They didn't know each other. So they had to find one another and create this little squad, this little death squad, if you will. Um, and I, I thought like, I made me wonder like how long have they been together? How long have they been operating? Um, I thought it was super cool. I mean, I want to see a TV show about these guys. Yeah, this would definitely be something I'd like to see. Uh, just, just because I always like the look of of that of that costume that Princess Leia wore into Jabba's palace, and what a neat thing to kind of you know use from that. Now, they in Shadows of the Empire, they they just found the outfit, right? Yeah, they were like going to some kind of black market to infiltrate something or other. So they they dressed up Chewbacca and like painted his fur. And then they found this Bausch bounty hunter um, costume and their armor. And then they just had Leia wear that. Um, I had the figure where you, with the removable helmet and the staff. Um, and I had the Chewbacca too. Um, but again, that's the only disappointment I had with this entire thing was I was hoping at the end we were going to get some kind of explanation to how Leia came about Bausch's armor. I too felt that way. But at the end, when they're like, this will carry on in Dr. Aphrom. So obviously we're going to get that somehow. Yes. So uh, that's exciting. But agreed. because because we expected that, right? I really expected the story to, to go that in that direction. Instead, we got this really this really big story that brought in new characters, but then also established like with the Taj, the mm -hmm. Taj group, and like even made that like made like made that bigger mm -hmm. and, and introduced us like that whole like council mm -hmm. and like how influential they are and how like evil they are too and stuff like that. So oh yeah. And and how one of them had actually hired the Boozy Hit Squad to to kill their other family members. Mm -hmm. I thought that was great because I like the crime families in Star Wars mm -hmm. and just getting more of this Taj, uh, the side that we've, we've been introduced to Dominataj and some other of them, but we never saw this, I guess, this deep. No, we, we haven't. They're little board of directors and <laughs> they're all yelling at each other. And Domina has that cool, like glove apparatus. And she stabs the one dude right in the chest. Um, like there was no holding back and I did really like that. I loved this comic, even if they didn't do the whole Leia portion of it. Like I, I ended up like, like you said, to your point, I ended up being fine with that because we got a really, really, really good book. Like this was really good. Anyone who likes star Wars, this book was just super, super good. A lot of twists. A lot of yes. plot twists because it's it's funny because they go in not knowing who hired them. We find out. And then in the end, Domino ends up killing Silas, I believe his name is, mm -hmm. and then hiring them. You know, I will, if you tell me about your real employer, I'll give you 300000 and help you return to Uba 4. 
Yep. And they were in disbelief because they're like, no one has been able to go back, let alone be reintegrated to society. Exactly. And they're just like, what do you want to know about Crimson Dawn? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wonder what they look like under the helmets. Right. Are they humanoid? I mean, they're obviously shaped like humanoids, but you know, what do their faces look like? Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, this is interesting because now we have the Taj Corp stepping forward and looking like to be an enemy of, of the Crimson Dawn. And so, or at least a challenger. Yeah. So now they're like, let's, let's find out a little bit more about what Crimson Dawn is all about, how they've gotten this far, you know, with, with being in the shadows for so long. And then all of a sudden popping up and becoming all like one of the strongest syndicates of, of the time period. It's insane. It, it is. I believe though that the tags, they are uh, very, very like general tag was uh, very high up in the empire. And I think that this family was made very rich by the empire. Did they have the character in a new hope? And then they used the last name. Yeah. He was at the, he was he at was the, at the, the, the meeting, wasn't he? He was at the staff meeting where Vader flipped out and choked one of the, his employees. <laughs> yes. He was the one, he was There's the no one HR of the death star, right? No, not at all. But he was the only one who said like, if, he was the one who said if the rebels found uh, some, a way to exploit, you know, a weakness in the Death Star to exploit it, then we should be worried. And he was immediately shushed at the table. Like, no, you know, the, there, there's no way that that could happen. And I, I actually, I believe General Tag did get off the Death Star, the first Death Star. And I want to say Domina is like a cousin or something. Anyway, it's because of him. He is the reason his tie to the empire has made this family very, very, very rich. That's all this stuff happened to like at the beginning of the, the Dr. Afra comic, right? When I yeah. was kind of paying attention, yes, but yes. not paying attention. Yes. Yeah. So this is what I was saying about Alyssa Wong earlier in the, in the episode. Like I, I love what she did with this, with this issue. And so yes. I can't blame her for Afra at all. I, you know, it's just not my thing. This issue was well done across the board like you said the art the writing all of it was just solid solid book it was the next one is going to be ig88 so i'm hoping that we get the same level for i you know for ig8 didn't we get zuckus and forlom and that was okay that wasn't bad but it was weird yeah we didn't like it when we talked about it it was it was it looked great but yeah that was the only thing about it. It was kind of just, it brought us down on what we thought, who we thought Zuckus was. They should never have taken his mask off. Yeah, that was that was too much to look at, that weird-ass face of his. But I'm hoping for the IG-88, we're going to get the same level we did with Bausch. Yeah. I, I, love, I love those assassin droids. I loved IG-11 in, in the Mandalorian. So I want to see more, more of IG-88. And I hope that we will see some of these characters this December in the book of Boba Fett. Oh man. I, I can't wait. I've, I, I am telling you, I want to see a grown up Omega in, in, uh, Oh God, Mandalorian armor. That's what I want to see. 
we'll get uh, we'll see something eventually i'm sure and we'll definitely be doing a show about it immediately yes <laughs> it'll yes. be about one episode exactly it's fine <laughs> awesome all right great great month of books great show anything you want to plug um yes i'm on a trash fire of a show called critical mass <laughs> um i advise that no one should ever listen to it um we are going to be recording our season premiere October 20th, and that pr- premiere will be dropping on the 22nd of October. So take a, you know, stay tuned for that. Uh, also, Rocco and I have a, another episode of Listen Up Casuals coming out soon. We'll be recording uh, one with our friend Jake. It'll be all about Thor, the god of thunder, and look for that in the coming weeks. And also check out Tally Talk. Uh, my friend Casey and I do a weekly to bi-weekly uh, news, the geek news. So come check it out uh, and also listen about my me ramble on about toys and stuff. It's, it's good times. Good times. Always good times. I, I love I love all of our shows and everyone go to, you know, go to DFAT Entertainment. Just search DFAT Entertainment on wherever you podcast and you're going to find a ton of shows insensitive culture towel light talk listen up casuals campfire chats gutsy media podcast the list goes on and on and on we just cut joe rogan's podcast from our network um just because he wasn't giving us the (laughs) listeners that we were looking for um but anyway minus that you'll find everything else on dfat entertainment that's right and for everybody out there listening may the force be with you (laughs) 